Chapter Twenty Eight of Historical Tales, Volume Eight, Russian. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Historical Tales, Volume Eight, Russian, by Charles Morris. Chapter Twenty Eight, Suwaro the Unconquerable. Of men born for battle to whose ears the roar of cannon and the clash of sabres are the only music the smoke of conflict their native atmosphere suwaro suvarov to give him his russian name stands among the foremost a little wrinkled stooping man five feet four inches in height and sickly in appearance he was the last to whom one would have looked for great deeds in war or mighty exploits in the embattled field yet he had the soul of a hero in his diminutive frame and even as a boy the passion for military glory fired his heart caesar and charles the twelfth of sweden from which country his ancestors came being the heroes worshipped by his youthful imagination born in seventeen twenty nine he entered the army as a private at seventeen but rapidly rose from the ranks made himself famous in the seven years war and in the polish war of seventeen sixty eight to seventeen seventy one and from that time until death put an end to his career was almost constantly in the field napoleon against whose armies he fought in his later days was not more enraptured with the breath of battle than was this war-dog of the russian army diminutive and sickly as he looked suwaro was strong and hardy and so inured to hardship that the severity of the russian climate failed to affect his vigorous frame disdaining luxury and ignoring comfort he lived like the soldiers under his command preferring to sleep on a truss of hay and accepting every privation which his men might be called on to endure he was a man of high intelligence a clever linguist and a diligent reader even when on campaign and religiously seems to have been very devout being ready to kneel and pray before every wayside image even when the roads were deep with mud in his ordinary manners he carried eccentricity to an extravagant extent was brusque and curt in speech often to the verge of insult laconic in his dispatches and a soldier in grain treated with stinging sarcasm all whose lack of activity or of courage invited his contempt it was by this spirit that he incurred the enmity of the emperor paul when in his half-mad thirst for change the latter attempted to change the native dress of the russian soldier for the ancient attire of germany his fair locks which the russian was used to wash every morning he was now bidden to bedaub with grease and flour while he energetically cursed the black spatterdashes which it took him an hour to button every morning orders to establish these novelties among his men were sent to suwaro then in italy with the army the directions being accompanied with little sticks for models of the tails and side curls in which the soldier's hair was to be arranged the old warrior's lips curled contemptuously on seeing these absurd devices and he growled out in his curt fashion hair powder is not gunpowder curls are not cannon 
entails are not bayonets. This sarcastic utterance, which forms a sort of rhyming verse in the Russian tongue, got abroad, and spread from mouth to mouth through the army like a choice morsel of wit. The Tsar, to whose ears it came, heard it with deep offense. Soon after Suwaro was recalled from the army, on another plea, and on his return to St. Petersburg was not permitted to see the emperor's face. This injustice may have been a cause of his death, which occurred shortly after his return on May 18, 1800. No courtier of the Russian court, and no diplomatist except the English ambassador, followed the war-worn veteran to the grave. Suwaro was the idol of his men, whose favorite title for him was Father Suvorov, and who were ready at command to follow him to the cannon's mouth. In all his long career he never lost a battle, and only once in his life of war acted on the defensive. With a superb faith in his own star, the inspiration of the moment served him for counsel, and rapidity of movement and boldness and dash in the onset brought him many a victory where deliberation might have led to defeat. A striking instance of this and of his usual brusque eccentricity, took place in 1799 in Italy, where Suwaro was placed in command of all the Allied troops. This raising of a Russian to the supreme command excited the jealousy of the Austrian generals, and they called a council of war to examine his plan for the campaign. The members of the council, the youngest first, gave their views as to the conduct of the war. Suwaro listened in grim silence until they had all spoken, and had turned to him for his comment on their views. The wrinkled veteran drew to himself a slate and made on it two lines. Here, gentlemen, he said, pointing to one line, are the French, and here are the Russians. The latter will march against the former and beat them. This said, he rubbed out the French line. Then, looking up at his surprised auditors, he curtly remarked, This is all my plan. The council is ended. In war, he is said to have been averse to the shedding of blood, and to have been at heart humane and merciful. Yet this hardly accords with the story of his exploits, it being said that 26,000 Turks were killed in the storming of Ismail, while in that of Praga at Warsaw, more than twenty thousand Poles were massacred. Such was the character of one of the men who aided to make glorious the reign of Catherine of Russia, whose merit she, unlike her weak son Paul, was fully competent to appreciate. With this estimate of the greatest soldier Russia has ever produced, and one of the ablest generals of modern times, we may briefly describe some of the most striking exploits of Suwaro's career. In 1789, during one of the interminable wars against Turkey, in which on this occasion the Austrians took part with the Russians, the Prince of Kohlberg was at the head of an Austrian force which he was strikingly incapable of commanding. The Prince, advancing with sublime deliberation, found himself suddenly threatened by a considerable Turkish army. Filled with alarm at the sight of the enemy, he sent a hasty appeal to Suwaro to come to his aid. The Russian general had just rejoined his army after recovering from a wound. The news of Coburg's peril reached him at Balat, in Moldavia, between forty and fifty miles away. 
and these miles of mountains ravines and almost impassable wilds suwaro at once broke camp and with his usual impetuosity led his army over its difficult route reaching the austrians in less than thirty-six hours after receiving the news it was five o'clock in the morning when he arrived at eleven he sent his plan of attack to the prince an assault on the enemy was to be made at two in the morning Coburg, who had never dreamed of such rapidity of movement and such impetuosity in action was utterly astounded in complete bewilderment he sought suwaro at his quarters going there three times without finding him the supreme command belonged to him as the older general but he had the sense not to claim it and to act as a subordinate to his abler ally in an hour after the advance began the allied armies were in the turkish camp and the turks though much outnumbering their assailants were in full flight all their stores a hundred standards and seventy pieces of artillery fell into the hands of the victors suwaro returned to moldavia and Coburg looked quietly on while the turks collected a new army in less than two months he found himself confronted by a hundred thousand men in new alarm he hastily sent again to suwaro for aid in two days the russian army had reached the austrian camp which the enemy was just about to attack the turks had neglected to fortify their camp before offering battle of this oversight the keen-eyed russian took instant advantage attacking them in their unfinished trenches and as before took their camp by storm though after a more stubborn defence than in the previous instance the turkish army was again dispersed immense booty was taken and suwaro received for his valour the title of a count of the austrian empire while the empress catherine gave him in reward the honourable surname of remixki from the name of the river on which the battle had been fought the next great exploit of suwaro was performed at ismail a turkish town which potemkin had been besieging for seven months the prime minister at length grew impatient at the delay and determined on more effective measures living in a luxury in his camp that contrasted strangely with the sparse conditions of suwaro potemkin was surrounded by courtiers and ladies who made strenuous efforts to furnish the great man with amusement one of the ladies handling a pack of cards from which she laughingly pretended to be able to read the secrets of destiny proclaimed that he would be in possession of the town at the end of three weeks you are not bad at prediction said potemkin with a smile but i have a method of divination far more infallible my prediction is that i will have the town in three days he at once sent orders to suwaro who was at galatz to come and take the town the obedient warrior who seemed to be always at somebody's beck and call quickly appeared and surveyed the situation his first steps seemed to indicate that he proposed to continue the siege the troops being formed into a besieging army of about forty thousand men while the russian fleet was ordered up to the town but the deliberation of a siege never accorded with suwaro's ardent humour his real purpose was to take the place by storm he had taken Ochakov in this way the previous year with heavy loss and with the slaughter of twenty thousand turks he now on the twenty first of september twice summoned the city to surrender threatening the people with the fate of Ochakov. they refused to yield and the assault began at four o'clock of the following morning battalion after battalion was hurled against the walls 
the slaughter from the turkish fire was frightful but the stern commander hurled ever new hosts into the pit of death and about eight o'clock the summit of the walls was reached but the work was yet only begun the city was defended street by street house by house it was noon before the russians fighting their way through a desperate resistance reached the market-place where were gathered a body of the tartars of the crimea for two hours these fought fiercely for their lives and after they had all fallen the turks kept up the conflict with equal desperation in the streets at length the gates were thrown open and suwaro sent his cavalry into the city who charged through the streets cutting down all whom they met it was four o'clock in the afternoon when the butchery ended after which the city was given up for three days to the mercy of the troops according to the official report the turks lost forty three thousand in killed and prisoners the russians forty five hundred in all and one estimate probably is much too large as the other was too small we may conclude with the story of suwaro's career in italy and switzerland against the armies of the french republic the plan which the russian conqueror had marked out on the slate for the austrian generals was literally fulfilled in less than three months he had cleared lombardy and piedmont of the troops of france he forced the passage of the Eda against moreau and his army compelling the french to abandon milan which he entered in triumph his next success was at turin a depot of french supplies towards which moreau was hastily advancing the russians took the city by surprise driving the french garrison into the citadel and capturing three hundred cannons and enormous quantities of muskets ammunition and military stores the french army was saved from ruin only by the great ability of its commander who led it to genoa in four days over a mountain path the czar paul rewarded his victorious general with the honorable designation of italianski or the italian and in his grandiloquent fashion issued a ukaz commanding all people to regard suwaro as the greatest commander the world had ever known we cannot describe the whole course of events other victories were won in italy but finally suwaro was weakened by the jealousy of the austrians who withdrew their troops and subsequently was obliged to go to the relief of his fellow commander korsakoff who with twenty thousand men had imprudently allowed himself to be hemmed in by a french army at zurich he finally forced his way through the enemy losing all his artillery and half his host of this suwaro knew nothing as he made his way across the alps to the aid of the beleaguered general he attempted to force his way over the st gothard pass meeting with fierce opposition at every point there was a sharp fight at the devil's bridge which the french blew up but failed to keep back suwaro and his men who crossed the rocky gorge of the unerloch dashing through the foaming roofs and drove the french from their posts of vantage at length with his men barefoot his provisions almost exhausted the russian general reached muta to find to his chagrin that korsakoff had been defeated and put to flight he at once began his retreat followed in force by messina who was driven off by the rearguard on october first suwaro reached galeris where he rested till the fourth then crossed the Panixer mountains through the snow two feet deep to the valley of the rhine which he reached on the tenth having lost two hundred of his men and all his beasts of burden over the precipices thus ending this extraordinary march 
which had cost Suwaro all his artillery, nearly all his horses, and a third of his men. These losses in the Russian armies stirred the Tsar to immeasurable rage. All the missing officers who were prisoners in France were branded as deserters, and Suwaro was deprived of his command, ostensibly for his failure, but largely for the sarcasm already mentioned. He returned home to die, having experienced what a misfortune it is for a great man to be at the mercy of a fool in authority. End of chapter 28 Suwaro the Unconquerable Recording by Peter Strom, Sabetha, Kansas, on August 13, 2018